1: <laughs> okay I've got a recording going I've got good signal and uh, we have our microphones set up with our matching sock monkey uh,
0: pop screens pop
1: screens <laughs> yeah she makes uh, she makes sock monkeys so we have these little sock monkey um, you know little baby socks and we found out that they made perfect pop screens.
0: Why pay for the big stuff, right? Yeah.
2: What well, I think what you have is 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 perfect. <laughs> perfect. Thank you. Everybody. And I would prefer that over the regular thing any day, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, they, they're they're in the way, you hit your head on them and you get noise anyway. And,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, uh let's see. Um <coughs> So, uh...
0: so just to review, um, you're on are, – are you coming up on the CW on the Masters of Illusion show?
2: Or Correct, Or have yes. you – you've
0: been before and you will be again.
2: Yeah, this is our third season coming up, mm-hmm. and I was on the previous two seasons as well. All right. Okay, awesome.
0: But we'll let you do all the bragging about uh, the wonderful things you're doing.
2: Oh, you can <laughs> – uh, you could set me up. I don't need. I, okay. I'll let you do all the talking if you want. I, could, you know. <laughs> yeah, I well, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, attention uh, grabber. So whatever <laughs> you feel is. Uh, He's not an attention, attention, attention grabber. grabber at the
0: White House <laughs> or at the stadium or no. Of course not.
2: <laughs> and
1: doing uh, well anyway. Let's get. Uh, we'll start the show and then we'll. <laughs> Then we'll get into all. Of we that will
0: try stuff. not to talk over each other too. <laughs>
1: That's always a challenge for us.
0: We do. You know, we're terrible at that.
1: We get excited.
0: Also, we don't use la- bad language because we want this to be safe for work. We don't want anyone getting fired because of us.
2: And no, uh, I, I I'll tell you, I don't. I don't use bad language. Okay. Uh on on or off stage or on a, in my regular life or so we're we're completely All right, good. completely safe. We don't want,
0: you know, Captain America coming along and going language.
2: No, no, <laughs> we're we're safe. Okay. All right. <laughs> Excellent. I am the most uh, un what's the word <clears throat> I want use? like uh, uh the the most family friendly act uh you're going to find.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Good morning or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I'm your host, Gene Turnbow.
2: And I am your other host, Susan Fox.
1: And with us is Grand Illusionist, Michael Grandinetti. Welcome to the show, Michael.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk to you both.
1: Yeah, it's, um... We don't do a lot of uh, performing artists on the show, and the reason is because nobody can see them <laughs>
0: you know nobody could see uh you know the pointed ears and the acting of the actors we've had on before, so I don't see why it's a problem
2: well, well i don't I don't have the pointy ears, but i uh I will happily try and paint some uh some verbal pictures of what we do so so your listeners hopefully can can get a good um you know image in their mind you know so much of what, so much of what i do is all about imagination and and um creating you know pictures in people's minds so i think this is the perfect medium for for magic
1: well we we like it it's um radio can be radio can be a lot of fun because we get to talk i mean when we have a performer a performing artist on the air uh we get to talk about how uh, how do not ask him how?
0: Yeah, well, don't no, ask, no, 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 no. We, I, we have a willing suspension obviously. of disbelief.
1: I, I don't think we need to have a willing suspension of disbelief because when you see Michael Grandinetti perform some of these grand illusions, even if you think you know how it works, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's just jaw dropping stuff. I mean, this is, this is like, uh, uh, making People or entire, you know, like a motorcycle appear out of thin air with you on it on stage and things like that. And there is no suspension of disbelief is required because it's just jaw-dropping unbelievable anyway.
2: Well, thank you. I I appreciate that very much. You know, the best part about my job for me is watching and hearing people be amazed. So just to hear you say that, you, you made my day that well,
0: you've made a lot of days yourself from uh, sports venues and the, to the white house to uh, up close magic in the palm of your hand so
2: yeah i you know that's my job is not is not a boring one i mean every day is different every show is different you know uh one of the great things about what i do is you know we're always going to within within any given year for example we're going to so many different places to perform from stadiums, as you would mentioned, to arenas, to shows with symphony orchestras and, you know, shows. We, we did shows, at, um, we've done them in parades on moving floats. And, you know, it's a way of taking what I do, what I love, magic, and really bringing it to places where it hasn't been before. Um, you know, I talked earlier a few minutes ago about imagination and just visualizing these things and figuring out ways to make it all work and make it all happen. I love that. So, I'm a lucky guy. You're talking to a guy who loves his job.
1: And it's uh figuring figuring out how these things, how you are going to present these things uh takes on some Excuse me a moment. <coughs> oh god. <clears throat> figuring out how you're going to do these things takes on a special meaning when you realize that you might be performing in the round out in the middle of a playing field and the magic still has to work.
0: There's no curtain to hide behind.
1: And no... no.
2: It, it's it's very challenging. You're, you're right. That is one of the hardest places to do what I do. I mean, because you really can't control what's going on out there. You know, when you see something on a stage, you're seeing it from one side, you're seeing it straight on. You can control the lighting. You can control, you know, the distance, a lot of different elements. But in the stadiums, um, and the arenas where people are watching from every direction and they're looking down at you and mm-hmm. it may be a sunny day. It may be a windy day. You don't know what you're going to face till you get out there. So, and obviously the goal of what I do is to, you know, make the impossible look easy. So you have to go in there and basically it has to be bulletproof. You, my, my career is not one where like a musician, you could hit a wrong note and keep going. If you hit a wrong note, in magic, it breaks the illusion completely. Um, and it just doesn't have, you know, the wonder is gone. The amazement has gone. I mean, you know, it's this, it's the willing suspension of disbelief, as you said. People know it's not real, but you want to just let go and believe in it. So to do the magic to make it work in those environments, it it's very challenging. It takes a lot of advanced planning, a lot of advanced planning. So, you know, what looks easy is, is very, uh, very challenging behind the scenes.
1: You mentioned, um, when you were talking about the different places that you've, uh, uh, that you've worked in, uh, we went here, we went there, and you're not being, you're not just being,
2: um.
0: This uh, is not the editorial, we, royal, we, you and the mouse in your pocket. You, you've got a team.
2: Yeah, I, I'm really lucky. I work with a great group of people and. I just don't, I could never say I. I mean, to do what I do to make, as you said, the motorcycles appear and to do all these big things on stage, you know, yes, I create, I create the magic. I design it <clears throat> and it's me you see out there performing it. But, you know, it's certainly not a one man show and I couldn't, I couldn't do it all by myself uh, out there when we do our show. So I have to say we, it's a, you know, we're, we're a team and it's a, it's a team effort. Um, but it's a great group. It's a group of people <clears throat> who not only do their job well but they care they work hard uh and they're fun to be with we enjoy the process of traveling and doing these shows together so doing something you love with people you love to work with that that's pretty good
1: that is pretty good that's one of the one of the hallmarks of great art actually um some of the best art is never done alone it's all it's almost always done with the participation of many other people who help you create it You know, um, I think it was, uh, Cecil B. DeMille who said, uh, a painter needs his brush, a writer needs his pen, a filmmaker needs his army. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And it's, I, I suspect it's kind of like that for you.
2: Yeah. When you're doing big illusions, you need, you need your little army behind you, um, you know, it's because it's, it's, it's almost like you're creating little movies on stage. You know, there's, there's lighting, there's music, there's choreography, there's staging, there's scripting, there's, you know, even all the logistics of moving all of the equipment and the curtains and the backdrops. And yeah, it's, you know, it's very theatrical. And, and when it's done right, when all those elements fit together, you have this little story that you're telling on stage that's, like I said, very theatrical, like a mini movie. So I could relate to that quote and and what the mill said, very, uh, very much. He was, he was right on. Do you have a
1: studio or a shop where you build some of the rigs for the illusions, or and store the stuff, or how do you, yeah, all, how do you cope with above. all that? So,
2: yeah, it, it's, it's logistically, uh, you know, like I said, magic's a, it's a logistical challenge, at least that when you, when you do the large illusions. Um, so we have, we have a warehouse where we store all of our equipment and. You know, I have about thirty thousand pounds worth of equipment. It's a lot of a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, we need a pretty pretty large space. And then, uh, there are, there are shops, both here in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas, um, where this equipment is built. It's very specialized shops. You can't go to just your, you know, average um, you know metal shop and have something built. I mean, it it's it uses it utilizes a lot of technology that just isn't. Mm-hmm. known by the general public i'm like saying i'm not saying that to make it sound overly mysterious but it's just it's just the fact you know the magical techniques that are used are very specialized and then we have rehearsal halls uh the big rooms kind of what you've seen them on mm-hmm. television with the big mirrors and we we rehearse in front of the mirrors for for many hours and you know we'll set up video cameras and when we actually we, we started to rehearse for those stadium shows we would set up cameras pretty much in multiple directions so i could see what it would look like from behind and see what it would look like from the front and above we put a camera on a kind of on a tall ladder shooting down at us. So I could kind of see what what would it look like if somebody were high up in a stadium looking down at us. So yeah, we have all those things and, and it's all you know, it's all part of the process of, of of doing what I do. I always tell people going out and doing the show, that's the easy part. It's you know, all of the details behind the scenes, that's you know, that's where you have to put your your kind of hard hat on and, and get to work.
1: So what we're really looking at when you, we see your performances is kind of the tip of the iceberg.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically the culmination of of all those pieces, you know. And like I said, the goal of it is to make it look easy. I mean, you don't want to make it look like you're going out there and having like this stuff is challenging to do. I mean, when you're making somebody float or you're making a motorcycle appear or you're walking through a wall, you know, as a magician, it should look like this stuff is just happening. Like at your will, you're just able to do this stuff. And that's what creates the fantasy element of it, the the, the wonder in all of it. Um, so, so the job is really to hide all that, hide all that work, but you know, it's, um, but the work is worth it. You know, I work 17 hours a day, seven days a week and I wouldn't trade it. I love what I do just to see the people be amazed and to do what I wanted to do since I was a kid, to have the opportunity to talk to, you know, people such as you both about it and, you know. It just all the work is, you know, is worth it. They say when you love what you do, it's not a job. It's an old, you know, old kind of adage, but, but it's very true.
1: Looking at the uh, picture that you have in your Skype profile and and having seen some of the video of your work uh, on your website, um, you don't look as though you have had enough um
0: He's a youngin.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't. It's it boggles my mind that you are as young as you are and that you have the skill that you have. When did you start doing this? When did you? You said you want you wanted to be an illusionist ever since you were uh, a teenager. Uh, how? I assume you started on it immediately as soon as you figured that out.
2: Well, even earlier than that, I actually started uh, when I was five years old. I got a magic set for Christmas like a lot of kids do. Um, but for some reason I was just hooked. I just had that magic set and that was it. And you know, it's funny looking back and thinking that you knew what you wanted to do with your life at five years old, but I did, I just, I, I wanted to be a magician. Um, and there was nothing that ever came up that got me off the path. I mean, all through elementary school and junior high school and high school and college. And it was just, it was just in my head that this is what I, this is what I want to do. There was never, uh, you know, there was nothing that just took that away from me. Um, so, yeah, I started young. I started when I was five, so so just a little over 30 years now. And, and so I'm lucky. I, I've had a lot of years to, to really put work into it. And I hope I have, you know, many, many, many more years to continue, you know, working on it.
1: I think that uh, some of that magic must be in that uh, painting you have in the attic. You know, the one that prevents <laughs> you from aging. <laughs> because you, I, you know
2: what if I, I wish <laughs> I wish uh I wish I could uh, just freeze and, and uh, you know what? I try and, and, and take care of myself you know mm-hmm. part of my product is my is my uh, is me you mm-hmm. know when you walk out on stage you have to you have to to do the kind of show that I do it's very physical you, you you have to be in, in in you know pretty good shape to do it because I don't want to give the audience any less than a hundred percent any less than 200 percent. Um, and so keeping my energy up and making sure that I can give them all the energy through a 90 minute show, through a two hour show Mm. is really important.
1: Do you have any, um, do you find yourself having manic sessions where you know that the answer to solving how you're going to do the illusion is on the tip of your mind and you can't quite get it?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, some illusions have taken us years, years. Uh, I, I always tell a story of, there's a piece in our show where I walk through a steel wall. It's a big seven foot tall, four foot wide, one inch thick plate of steel that's examined by the audience and I walk through it. And that piece took seven years. Um, from the time I had the idea to the time we actually put it on stage. Because just figuring out um, all those pieces to it. The the from the size of the steel to the scripting I wanted to use, to the way I wanted the props to look, to the music to to all of it took, you know, a really long time because I just don't want to put it out there if it's not perfect. There are some pieces I'm working on now that I know I want to do. I, I'm like 95% there with them, but there's just something's missing. So yeah, just like you said, there's something that is just, I, I know I can get it better. I know I can figure out another element to it. So I don't, I don't perform it yet. I, I kind of keep it on a shelf and just kind of keep, keep thinking about it. Cause you know, eventually the right thing will come. And, and just like with that steel wall, once we put it in front of the audience, it was wonderful to, to see them respond to that after all that work. And it's a piece of that we do in, in just about every show to this day. So it's, it's, it, you know, I, I'd rather wait and wait until it's just ready to do.
0: Maybe that'll be on uh, masters of illusion next year. huh?
2: Well, the steel wall piece was already on, oh, okay. um, but, but I'm, I'm already thinking you're, you're, you and I are on the same wavelength here. I'm mm-hmm. already starting to think about what do I want to do for next year on the show? Because Every year I want to top my, you know, I want to top what I've done in the previous year. That's Mm -hmm. kind of my goal. I don't really compete with other magicians at all, but I compete very heavily with myself. And, you know, if we're lucky enough to get a fourth season of the show, I want to, you know, we're just going into the third now. And I think the stuff we're doing in the third season is better than the stuff we've done in the previous two seasons. But already thinking ahead, it's like, how do we top ourselves? How do we beat that? So, yeah, there's some stuff in the works that uh, I can't wait for you to see.
1: There aren't many people in, um, in this field uh, that are of your caliber. There are, I don't know, maybe uh, half a dozen around the world, uh, w-
2: wouldn't you think? I mean, well, there's a lot not, of additions. That wouldn't
0: be modest of him to answer, would it? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh,
2: it's logistically challenging, you know, to, to, because it's a very equipment-driven mm-hmm. um, field you're moving a lot of stuff from place to place. Like I said, I have, you know, many thousands of pounds worth of equipment. And I always look at, you know, singers who go out there and sing. And I think, Oh, how, you know, how wonderful to have your equipment basically with you is your voice, um, or comedians who, you know, their, their, equipment is, is their, you know, is themselves and their personality. But, you know, the personality is certainly part of what I do, but, you know, but the other side is all of our large scale equipment and everything. So it's a challenging, it's challenging, but it's worth it. It's like, you know, it's like creating a movie and Mm -hmm. that's a lot of work, but I'm sure directors would tell you it's totally worth it when you watch people respond to it. Um, and, and the plus side is when you do the big stuff, when you do, you know, making the motorcycles appear and levitating in the air and all that stuff, I think you get a response out of people. That's really different and unique. They're not used to seeing that stuff all the time. and, and for me, that's what it's about. It's about giving them mm-hmm. um that experience that they just don't get all the time so it's 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 certainly worth it
1: so you uh um so you must have uh, uh friends who are also uh illusionists and it it just occurs to me that um it must be a weird sort of um professional environment for you because you can't share notes
0: <laughs> well
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean. It, it's well, like they share
0: amongst themselves. They don't let us and us, you know, peasants know about it.
1: Well, you <laughs> know, I, I mean, your illusions are your stock and trade. Uh, ha- having unique presentations are your stock and trade. So, of course, you can't talk about that. So it must, yeah. it must be kind of uh, that must be one of the strange aspects
0: well, of what then you they do. talk about. Drinking, women, <laughs> sports, whatever, normal people,
2: you know. No, it's, uh, here's the thing. Magicians still talk about magic. You put a bunch of magicians in a room and we're all like a bunch of five-year-old kids showing each other uh, the latest, you know, magic effects out there. Um, you know, I, I think all of us are basically kids who found magic, who never grew up. Uh, we just love, I still feel like a five-year-old kid who, who just loves, what, I, I I've never lost that excitement over it's like a kid with a new toy you know i've never lost that feeling for that passion for it um but professionally <clears throat> yeah you, you know you want to keep your ideas and, you know protected and at the same time you know you don't want to really be influenced by somebody else either even inadvertently even subconsciously you kind of for me i want to make sure that my show has kind of my stamp on it and it, it's my you know outlook on magic. It's my way of doing it. You know, it's like, you know, m- going back to a music analogy, you could have 10 different singers sing a song and each one's going to sing it their own way. You know, I want magic to be, at least the magic that I do, to be a, re- a reflection of me. So, you know, I think keeping, make just making sure that, you know, from a professional standpoint, you are always keeping your performance a reflection of you. That's the important part. But the end of the day, again, you put a bunch of magicians together, and you know we just we just have fun.
1: That's cool. I mean, it, it's it's exciting uh, that that you get to do that, that you get to have that kind of involvement and engagement with with something that you do for a living and that you enjoy so much, because it helps everyone else enjoy it too. I mean, when you perform. Uh, it's clear that uh, you're just sort of glowing with this. Wait you, you know this. This whole wait
0: till you see this. Wait, wait
1: till you see this one. I love this. This is so cool. And then you show them, and they're blown away.
0: So what is your philosophy? What what is your distinctive? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Idiom.
2: Well, you know what? My I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. My my when I'm up there performing. Or when I'm creating something, my philosophy is um, it's never about, look what I can do. Isn't this cool? Isn't this great? It's about, look at this amazing thing. Let's all kind of enjoy this and be amazed together. It's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the guide through mm, the experience. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, it's the arrow. <coughs> excuse me. You can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> the arrows, uh, too many, too many airplanes last week. I'm a little hoarse. Mm. Um, the the arrows aren't pointing towards me. It's not about, you know, like I said, it's not a, it's not a, it's more of an outward thing. I just love, uh, I just love watching the audience and giving them that sense of amazement. So everything I do is about that. It's about giving them the best experience possible. So I think that is the philosophy that drives mm-hmm. everything that I do.
1: So it's not look what I can do. It's look what I can do. <laughs>
2: It, well, it's, it's the, the thing. Awesome. It's the, it's, it's
0: the, it's it, here. Look at this. Yeah. Not, not yeah, me. Look at, look at, this, all, look at
1: this, look at this process. Yeah. And look at, look at this process that I've, I've worked out. Look at this, this, uh, for lack of a better word, magic. It's what? a sense of wonder. It is. It's a sense of wonder. And it's so. Wonderful. It's. <laughs> It's something that's essential, I think, for uh, for our modern civilization. What what you do, uh, we have to have a sense that there's something uh, larger and more grand than ourselves.
0: Well, this is why he's at the. This is one reason for doing this at a already grand event, from a you know a classical music concert to a you know an arena. Of course, a classical music concert. Everybody there's in a tux, and you know, (laughs) who who knows what you're going to be there for? For all for all we know, you could be playing the timpani.
2: Well, you know what? It's 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 having that experience of amazement is is pretty rare. We don't get that in our everyday lives much. You know, we may feel happy or sad or stressed, but feeling amazed is it's a really positive, uplifting emotion. So. You know, that's why I tell people when people say, you know, when people want to know how the magic works, I always say, you know what, you're not going to hurt the magician. You're going to hurt yourself because you're going to take away that that rare opportunity to feel amazement uh, and to feel like a kid again. And, you know, why would you why would you ever want to do that? So, you know, I think if magic, you know, has a strength, I think it's that It's, it's giving people that really, really rare emotion.
0: Okay, change of tone. Have you ever executed an illusion perfectly and not engaged the audience? I mean, did they – what doesn't appeal to people? That's kind of Um, a funny question, but I'm just –
2: You know, I think when you're doing magic, if you're – I think it's the exact opposite of, of the previous answer, which is if you're doing magic and you're already doing something that people can't do, and you're presenting it in a way where you are going, look what I can do. You know, I bet you can't do this. I bet you can't figure this out. If you do it in a boastful way in any way, shape or form, I think by the nature of what magic is, I think that doesn't connect with an audience as a person. That's not who I am. I'm not like that, you know, on or off the stage. So I, you know, um, that that thinking is never in my mind, but I think, you know, that that's a style of performing that would not work for magic. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as things that we've done that, that, that may not have worked. I can't think of anything and I would tell you if something popped into my head, I can't think of anything where everything went as planned, but it just didn't, it didn't connect. Now there are times where we put something in our show where I will look at it and go, okay, I think we can get a better response out of it. I think we can get a bigger laugh here. I think we can get a bigger, you know, put more suspense here you know, I'll evaluate it and see where we can enhance stuff. And we're, or I'm always doing that, always, mm-hmm. even with pieces that have been in our show for, for forever, for years. But I can't think of any time where something just fell flat, knock on wood, thankfully.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It sounds like you, um, you spend a great deal of your time polishing and putting more energy into things so that that never happens.
0: Well, doesn't every artist? Performing artist?
2: And that- I hope so. I hope so. You know, that's you know, if people make a decision to watch what we do or, or come to our show or tune into TV, you know, when they could be doing a million other things, I think they deserve uh, that. You know, I think.
1: What else? What else do you enjoy that you think feeds back into your performances and your you, the, the art that you create?
2: Uh, just being creative, you know, my, my hobby, my profession is magic. My hobby is magic. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 there's really no time where I go, okay, I'm going to take time you know, away and, and go, you know, play basketball or go do this or do that. It's, it's, I just, you know, even when I step away from the computer or I step away from the stage, I will pick up a magic book and start reading it. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's like climbing a mountain. You just want to keep climbing upwards. Uh, And I like creativity. I like, I like coming up with stuff and being creative and um, inventing things that are different and trying to get a response from an audience and testing things out in front of people and seeing what they connect with. And, you know, I I could perform. I think I will run out of years before I run out of, uh, of possibilities that I could perform in magic. And I think that's the same for anybody and anything. There's just so much to do out there that I mean, you can keep climbing this mountain; you never really reach the top. There's always there's always more to do. So finding that is my is my you know motivation.
1: What other grand illusionists? Who who, who else do you admire?
2: Yeah, who's your heroes? You know, I would tell you everybody who's performing magic, um, you know, well, I don't have a single person that I could say was a was a major influence. Um, but I will, you know, when I was a kid growing up. I would, I would watch everything that came on TV, everything. Every magician was on, I'd watch it. I would tape it. I would get the TV listings every Saturday in the paper when they would come and go through line by line by line and see if any magicians were going to be on a Tonight Show and, uh, or, or sitcoms or talk shows or any mm-hmm. magic specials on. Um, and I loved them. I loved them. So I watched everything that I possibly could <laughs> over and over and over again. And, uh, so yeah, all of it. I was, I was, pretty hungry to, to to study that stuff so
1: so apart from know. the word magic there was pretty much no filtering going on whatsoever
2: <laughs> that's cool no, i saw a lot i saw a lot of good and i saw a lot of things that i didn't want to do but it was good to see <laughs> uh,
0: so where shall we see you next on tv or in person
2: well, I hope both. You know, we travel uh, around, the, uh, uh, you know, around the country all the time. I'm on the road probably 80% of the year. Uh, so it, it's – that's why, again, my voice is slightly hoarse. The, the airplanes will, will do you in sometimes, but –
1: Drink a lot uh, of water. Drink lots of water. This
2: is true. <laughs> you dehydrate true. up there. It, it, it's – yeah, it'll, it'll get to you. But we travel a lot. So I always tell people if you see a magician with a big, long Italian name coming to your town, it's probably me. So, you know, please check us out. And then Master of Illusion starts on the CW uh, May 20th. It's a Friday night, eight o'clock. And it's a great show. I mean, I'm not saying that because I, I'm involved with it. But, you know, it's just a fun, uh, you know, light show at the end of the week that you could tune in. People of all ages could sit around, gather around the TV and watch um, and be entertained. You know, <clears throat> you don't have to think about it. You just sit there and have fun with it. And. Every week you see six to eight different magicians from around the world doing everything from large magic to small magic to escapes to comedy magic. And, you know, this season we, we filmed uh, six brand new illusions, things that have never been on television before. Um, one of them is uh, I, we actually get a girl from the audience and make her float in the, in the center of the stage. And she wow. had no idea when she showed up for the taping that she was going to be floating, you know on television for this show. So watching her respond to that was, was great. We had a great time with that. Um, So I, I, you know, I hope, uh, I hope people can tune in and see it. I'm real. I'm really excited for it.
1: That sounds like something I'm definitely going to be watching. (laughs) I hope so. Have you ever done, uh, what's the largest thing you ever made appear or disappear?
2: Well, you know, we've done the motorcycle, uh, which I do in my show. Mm -hmm. We've done cars, Um, We have, I have plans for making some really big objects appear and disappear. I was even called one time to make, I was called from Dubai when they were building what is now the world's tallest building. And they asked me, can you make the building appear? And I said, yeah, you know, let me know when it's done. And, you know, we could definitely make an illusion to make that happen. And they said, no, 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 we want you to do it before it's built. We want you to make it look like it's there. Oh, and wow. I saw, that could uh... be tough, <laughs> but I was willing to, to to work on it with them, and so I always thought that was that was you know funny that's always one of my stories I think of when people say, what was the biggest thing that um <laughs> you know, that, that definitely was the biggest that i i've got, gotten called for
1: i you, nobody's gonna top that one
2: <laughs> that's so that's not until they make it build good. a
0: bigger building. <laughs>
1: Um, do you do a lot of uh personal magic uh, as contrasted to the 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 stage stuff as well i mean do you is this um what's the, the, what's the balance magic. the up close yeah. stuff
2: yeah i love the close-up magic i absolutely you know i would say professionally i do a lot more of the stage work mm-hmm. but i enjoy i mean even for my own you know enjoyment i am always studying and learning new close-up magic and um you know I, it's it's hard to go anywhere even with people who friends and family you know a, a lot of times they'll say um uh you know show us something do do some magic or uh our family re- family reunions i have to get up and do 30 minutes you know um but it, i wouldn't trade it i, I it, it's my most favorite thing in the world to do is nothing's better than performing for your family um so i always ha- i always have you know close-up magic with me um and i love it i, I really do
1: and I, you must have started off that way. I mean, when you're five years old and a magic kid, it's all close-up magic.
2: Yeah, you don't start by making the motorcycles appear. That's for sure. <laughs> um, that's that's a little bit comes a little later. Yeah, it, you know, you start out with with um, the very basic, the very basic simple pieces of magic as a foundation. And and there are some people around the world who who that is their career in magic. They they just do the close-up magic, and they're they're wonderful. It's it's a great form of magic, you know. Scale doesn't necessarily mean um, just because it's smaller in scale doesn't mean it's any less less wonderful. So yeah, close up magic is is and I'll tell you this much about it it's it's not any less challenging sometimes than the big stuff because you know you're inches away from people's eyes, they're watching very closely, you know they're you're basically just all out there right in front of them you know with with everything that you're doing. There's no lighting, there's no curtains, there's no staging. So it's you know it's very detailed. You have to, you know, I always tell people practicing for close-up magic is like practicing the piano. Your fingers and your hands and your movements have to be just precise.
1: Neat. <laughs> I mean, it's I my father was uh, was an amateur magician uh, when he was about your age, and uh, oh, he had this.
0: Was he good or was he awful? <laughs>
1: Well, he was okay. I mean, he he there were a couple of things that uh, he probably wished he hadn't bought. Uh one of them was the magic cigarette guillotine where you'd he'd uh uh it's put One his, way to
0: get a, get somebody to stop smoking, huh?
1: Well, yeah, you 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 know, you stick a cigarette in the guillotine and demonstrate that it could chop the the uh uh cigarette in half whose and then you'd put finger,
0: your finger whose finger did he chop off? He,
1: I almost chopped mine off in it because mm-hmm. I didn't know how the trick worked and I was going to try it. And uh, my dad caught me just in time. <laughs> I think I was five. Anyway, yeah, I'm so, sorry. So no, play, I, no playing
0: Frodo in the, the school play for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what? That just goes to prove to you that even, I mean, some of those things, the danger is not an illusion. I mean, in that piece, I know I know the exact piece you're talking about. Did it have a metal? Was the blade metal? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I... Those are you could really you can really cut your finger on those things. Um, you know, I had one of those two when I was when I was a kid but I had it in plastic. So it wasn't, you know, it came a little magic set that I had when I was about eight or nine. But it was still it was still, you know, it's pretty dangerous. So, you know, it, it's it's like the stuff we do now. The, the spike escape that we do in our show, the spikes are real. Yeah, I and mean, if those spikes came in and were to hit you, just like with that finger guillotine, it, it would it, you know, the danger is real.
1: It would ruin your hold, and they're on fire as well.
2: Yeah, and I'm covered <laughs> with gasoline, so it's pretty ugly if you get hit.
1: Oh yeah. No, i uh, What's the URL for your website?
2: It, uh, my website is my <laughs> excuse uh-huh. me. My website is my name. It's michaelgrandinetti And you know, people check it out. We have a lot of pictures of our shows from all over the place. We have videos and you know information from the show but it's also a place to contact me too and i always tell mm-hmm. people if you ever have any questions about you know magic or even just pursuing your own uh goals get in touch i love to hear from people
1: that's great i mean i i love the fact that you are so engaged with your fan base that uh that you do that
2: well you know what i just i'm truly appreciated you know appreciative that um you know, people are interested in what we do. And, you know, the audience is what lets me do my job. So, you know, if there's any way that I can give back to them, uh, you know, I'm happy to do it. And, you know, I know it was like when I wanted to find out information about something and I would write to people, you know, when I was coming up, you know, in in junior high school, there was no, not to date myself, but there was no internet. There was no, you had to write letters Mm -hmm. and I would spend hours writing letters to people, asking them for information and mail it off and you know, hope they would write me back. And, and when they did, you know, it was, it was always wonderful. So I, um, you know, I I love hearing from people.
1: Well, Michael Grandinetti, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Event Horizon. It's been a pleasure having you with us.
2: Thank you both so much. I really appreciate you having me on. It's been wonderful talking to you, and I hope you have a chance to see our show. And when we come to your neck of the woods, I'm going to send you some tickets. You, you have to come and see us live.
1: Awesome. We'd love that. Thank you for joining us this evening for episode 134 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon, April 30th, 2016, with your hosts, Susan L. Fox and Gene Turnbow. Our guest this evening has been magician and grand illusionist Michael Grandinetti. This episode will air again on May 1st, 2016, at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, on the following Tuesday and Saturday. Once all the air times have passed, you will find this episode and others as downloads on KryptonRadio.com and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. If you are an author or other creator and would like to be on the show, please contact our production manager, Kat Carter, at KatCarter at KryptonRadio.com. If you would like to become a patron of the Geeky Arts, and we strongly suggest you do, you can do so for as little as $5 a month. Please visit patreon.com slash Krypton to join the Krypton Radio family of The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene The Science Officer was played by Mark Sherman. The Engineer was Christine B. McGuire. The Navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by Legendary Son This program and its contents, except where provided by others, are copyright 2016 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon...
2: It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.